0: tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death.
1: I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side.
0: And John, we're back with another week's, another episode, ah, whatever, you know what we're, we're talking about here, folk, we're talking about geeks, and geek stuff, so, uh, we're back for another week, we missed a week due some due to some technical difficulties at, uh, geek Elite Radio Headquarters, aka my dining room table, uh, so, uh, John, we have a lot to talk about this week.
1: Yes, we do, and, um, it was a... Pretty busy week for geek news as well, but we decided to condense it to just one main interesting story.
0: That's right, one yeah, one uh, bit, one news story, and then two episodes to talk about of Westworld. Uh, So let's go ahead and get right into our news story, and it's the the fact that the teaser trailer for Logan dropped. What did you think, John? First off, have you read Old Man Logan?
1: Yes I have. And I've also read the end. And okay. uh, I want to mention that because I think that this is going to be a combination of both of those.
0: You know, I I know I've read Wolverine the End or are we just talking about The End? That's it.
1: I think it's called Wolverine the End.
0: Okay, yeah. I have read Wolverine the End. It was a long time ago. So I don't know if I remember it all that well, but I I have read and reread Old Man Logan a couple times because I really like that story. Uh, so you'll have to fill me in a little bit more on what happens in the in Wolverine the End. Uh, yeah, there, sure. I mean, obviously a lot of the look I think definitely comes from Old Man Logan in this trailer. Uh, obviously the t- the title of the movie is just called Logan, so you're you're going for a little bit of that. But I mean, there are obviously going to be some differences from the book because we don't have uh marvel characters to to do to play around with only x-men characters stuff that the fox that fox studios owns
1: mm-hmm. yep and but even then you can already kind of see that the backbone is going to be the same you have a uh, professor x filling in for hawkeye right uh, as the traveling companion and instead of transporting a super secret package um across the country, it looks like it's gonna be this little girl.
0: Which uh we we now know is supposed to be X twenty three.
1: Uh from the looks of it, yeah. Um although we don't see her do anything X twenty three like, I think, except maybe do like one flip over a like an armed guard or something. Uh from what I can tell. I will be dissecting this trailer though. I mean uh, just uh it 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 looks like it was beautifully shot.
0: <laughs> it does. It really does.
1: And um, this might be the Wolverine story we've been wanting all along because it looks like it's got some really good character.
0: I, I think so too. I mean, I, you know, it, to me, it kind of has that, and the the book definitely had it too. But it has this, uh, you know, Western vibe, like West uh, old West movie vibe, and uh, I think wolverine as a character really loans himself to that environment because he's that lone gunman that comes into town you know has his own moral code and if you break it well you're gonna have to deal with him but he not he himself isn't necessarily uh a law-abiding citizen
1: yeah i would have said that wolverine was born in the wrong time period but in actuality that's not true he just outlived his time period
0: (laughs) that's very true he just outlived his time period you're right um what i mean one of the big parts of the book is that wolverine no longer pops his claws he as a a, as this man who's now a family man and and trying to work out work a, a farm with his family he uh, has turned away from violence because of what he did in the past that uh, you know most people don't know, and you happen, you don't find out until later on in the in the issues. Uh, but we do see Wolverine in this trailer pop his claws a few times. I'm suspecting that it's going to be towards the end because they're going to keep with that whole storyline. But what do you think?
1: No, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the things they they focus on is that, you know, he's trying to be non-violent based because of what's happened in the past. and um, I thought it was kind of interesting. It looks like he's also kind of taking care of Professor X. Um, in a couple of the scenes that you see Professor X, he looks like he's inside a gutted out version of Cerebro. Um, but someone online pointed out, like, no, that's the inside of a downed water tower. And you can see uh, Wolverine walking into it from the outside at one point and then and the next scene he's inside of it and yeah it looks really bizarre you know because it's a water tower that's on its side and it's empty and that's not normally a location that somebody would be in but uh, yeah once you kind of compare the two shots you can clearly see oh okay yeah that is like the inside of that thing he was just walking into and for some reason that's where professor x is Sounds like he's kind of taking care of him like a convalescent home for mutants or something. Well,
0: you know, I kind of have a theory about that. Um, just because I know in the book there are some unique twists. And though though Xavier isn't part of the story, uh, I think what... I I don't know. I have no real evidence to pa- to back this up other than a feeling that I have and... I think a couple of the context clues in the, in the trailer, but I don't think Xavier's actually there. I think he might just be in Wolverine's mind, whether or not that's because Xavier put himself into Wolverine's mind because he's a powerful telepathic or if Wolverine just has this thing in his head. That's, you know, basically his Jiminy cricket,
1: <laughs> you know, that actually makes sense now that that would make cause, uh, I mean, if, um, I mean why would if Xavier still be gonna... alive
0: at this point? I mean, if Logan is so so much older.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um I hadn't considered that. So now I'm um I'm thinking yeah, he put a little bit of himself inside him and then he's just kind of hanging around in his subconscious.
0: I mean, who else where else if you wanted to stay alive for a very long time, put it into a man that can't die. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's uh. Well, yeah, isn't that the the plot of being John Malkovich? <laughs> uh,
0: you know, I don't know. Is that is that what the plot of John? I just thought it was Cusack and Diaz just fucking around inside of Malkovich's head. Oh man, have have you not seen that movie? I've, I've seen it, but I thought it was incredibly boring, so I've never gone back and watched uh, it again.
1: No, no. the The whole plot is. I mean, the whole John Malkovich thing was kind of a gimmick. But it's actually a really interesting story about the quest for immortality. And it just happened to be that in this case, John Malkovich was the vessel. For like a whole bunch of people, they were extending their lives. Well,
0: there you go. Maybe uh, yeah. Mangold got a little bit of storyline from being John Malkovich.
1: Maybe. Well, <laughs> also, the the one thing that reminds me of the end is uh, that one scene early in the trailer when uh, Logan is at a funeral, it looks like, and he's kind of at a distance from it. Like, you could see it's happening in the background, and he's just kind of hanging out by a tree. Right. That looks exactly like the first issue of Wolverine, The End, where he's at Sabretooth's funeral. Uh Ah. And he's all like, yeah, he turned to God towards the end of his life, and I think that's only because he had like a, like a, oh, crap moment. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I better repent for everything. I think it's going to be my turn soon."
0: It's interesting uh, that in both The End and Old Man Logan, he comes to a position where he needs to s- stay away from violence and and repent for the ways he the like his old ways.
1: Yeah. And you can definitely tell that this Logan is shell-shocked. He's got scars that aren't healing and his hands are shaking. You know, I didn't
0: even think about that. I didn't even think, because you do see in the trailer where he has scars, and I, and I didn't even think about the fact that he should those should heal. Why are they there?
1: Maybe he's just that old as uh, healing factoring what it used to be, which I think is also one of the things they cover in one or two of the books, that his wounds just, he still heals, but it's not what it used to be. Like his body's definitely slowing down.
0: All right, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, there, there was something else that I wanted to bring up. Oh, uh, so with the whole, maybe bringing up, uh, the fact that yeah, there's a little bit of Wolverine the end in this, do you think that the main baddie, because in the book in the o- old man Logan book, it was red school and we know they can't use red school, but do you think it might be John Howlett jr.? Because I know that's who ended up being the bad one, the baddie in Wolverine. In the end, right? His older brother.
1: Yeah, his older brother that was basically the Blofeld of the Wolverine universe. Right. <laughs> it was the the uh, what was it? The uh, architect of all his pain, or some ridiculous thing like that. Right. <laughs> he was behind the scenes of every bad thing that ever happened to Logan. <laughs> um. Um. No, I don't think that's going to be the exact way that they go with it, Um, simply because that would just be too weird and out of nowhere. Like, I hated that that was the point of the the end, which is why I'm kind of glad that they did Old Man Logan as a way of retconning it. (laughs) Um, I think it's going to be – it's still going to be something genetic. I think – I mean, I I don't know for a fact that this is where they're going with the movie, but in – Old Man Logan, um, as you know, the mutants were basically dying out. You know, they make a reference to say that, uh, oh, mutants came and went, and it was re- in the end, it was no big thing. Like, it was just a blip in the evolutionary scale or something. Right. Um. So, it could be that there aren't as many mutants now. Like, they just aren't uh, uh, as many of them around anymore. Like, they're dying out. Okay, and um, whoever it is that's after X twenty three is trying to make more X twenty threes. I guess because because she's she's a clone herself. Is that right? In the comic books, yes, she is a clone
0: of uh, Wolverine and the female scientist that created her. Okay, so it's kind of so, like their biological daughter uh obviously she uh, she ends up having his uh mutant sense powers uh her his uh bone claws and healing factor uh eventually they do give her the metal grafted to i think they only graft the metal to her her claws they don't think, i don't think they actually go with uh the whole skeleton and uh she has the two claws that are above her hand and the one claw in her foot. Instead of three claws that come out of her hands,
1: yeah, the foot claw looks a little silly.
0: I I, can, I, I I'm okay with it. I didn't I didn't <laughs> think it was. I mean, I think the explanation they gave was that her hands were obviously smaller than Wolverine or than Logan's, So, you know, and plus it was tactical to put a claw on her foot because they have her doing a lot more gymnastics because she was <laughs> created to be an assassin.
1: So, I was like, hey, we we don't have enough room for the third claw. I was like, oh, stick it on her foot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the foot claw reminds me of, though? What's that? Uh, tarantula.
0: Tarantula?
1: Yeah. What's that? I, like, don't know like if, a tarantula? I don't know if that's a real character from the Marvel Universe or something that I just remember seeing in the recesses of my mind in Twisted Toy Fair Theater. <laughs> but it's basically like a Mexican Spider-Man.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: black tarantula.
0: I think that that's an actual uh character in the Spider-Man yeah. universe. But I don't. I I didn't know that he had a claw on his foot. Yeah, you don't remember his
1: pointy shoes. Uh- <laughs> I don't. I think you have to say it like Speedy Gonzalez, like my pointy shoes. <laughs> Uh anyway, yeah, so that's what that reminds me of. Now, well, one more thing that I have to say about the trailer, besides it looking really badass, especially in the red band where you can actually see some of the uh why it's getting a rated R uh you know, Rating. this time around. Right. Um there seems to be someone else that attacks Wolverine with claws um and they look like they're adamantium claws as well. Um, it's a real quick scene. But you can tell that Wolverine is using his claws to block someone else's claws, and they're really interestingly positioned because it looks like there's two claws that come from, like, one side, and then another claw coming from the bottom side. Does that make sense? So, like, is is there a character – I think I may have heard you and Rich talking about it on the, the Mitch and Rich show. Yeah. Uh is there a character where uh he has two claws coming out from like the top of his hand and one from the bottom of his wrist? Yeah, that's actually uh
0: Daken, Wolverine's son.
1: Okay. So yeah, well, because he... it looks like somebody has claws in that formation attacking Wolverine in a really brief scene.
0: Interesting. I'll definitely have to go back and rewatch that cuz uh I didn't I didn't catch that, but yeah. Uh yeah, he would that that would be Daken if that's what they go with. Um I know in some iterations of X-Men, like I think X-Men or Ultimate X-Men, they ended up giving Sabretooth Animantium Claws as well. So it'd be interesting if they ended up doing that. Um, That goes back to the whole John Howlett Jr. thing because he ended up having Bone Claws in Wolverine the End. I know he didn't have the Animantium coating, so those are some uh, ideas there that they are. Uh, I also think that we'll probably end up, I don't know. I think that the end of X-Men apocalypse, when we see the after credit scene, uh, with the whole SX corp, uh, briefcase, which implies, uh, Mr. Sinister and the blood vials that they took might also imply X 23, that that teaser at the end of X-Men apocalypse was a teaser for Logan. So we would have X twenty three and maybe uh, Mister Sinister is the big daddy and he wants his creation back.
1: Huh? That could be. I figured they were gonna go more for like a Madeline Pryor thing or something. But yeah, I guess so.
0: Did okay? That's a good question because I, I when I watched it and it went by quickly. Did was uh, Jansen Fomka in the in the trailer for for Logan? I did not notice her um see it might have, might have just been my eyes playing a trick on me but i thought i saw uh or i'm sorry her name's Fonka jansen not the other way around uh i thought i saw jean gray in there but when you bring up madeline Pryor, who is a clone of jean gray you know she could be playing madeline Pryor. interesting
1: uh i'm gonna have to look it up on imdb later and see if she's in it because i mean she was in the wolverine so i don't see why she wouldn't make one last hurrah appearance in there. That's true. That's very uh, true. Although, a real quick perusal of IMDb isn't showing her. That uh, doesn't necessarily mean she won't be there, though. But, I'm also very yeah,
0: curious at who the guy, the blonde guy uh, with the metal robotic hand is.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought it was Malfoy for a second. But I was like, <laughs> no, it can't be him. He's on, air on uh, Flash right now. It
0: does kind of look like Malfoy or... Uh, what I forget what his real name is. is it, oh, Tom Felton. Um, yes, but like, I, I don't know if it's if it is him or not. But it kind of looks like the the. Have you watched Narcos? It looks like the one um, DEA agent guy.
1: Uh, it looks like his name is Boyd Holbrook, which and, I think uh, that
0: might be the same guy.
1: Yeah, that is him. Narcos. I haven't seen Narcos, but that is apparently the same dude.
0: Good to know all right uh anything else you want to say about this trailer
1: uh do you see him very briefly but steven merchant is also in this movie as uh caliban so we have a different person playing caliban yes we do and uh it was just released on twitter today i believe of like in the trailer you see him completely covered up head to toe because he's albino um, but it, on Twitter, it was just released. Uh, Mansgold actually released a picture of what he's going to look like, and he's completely bald, albino, and still six foot twelve or whatever he is. So, yeah, was, <laughs> yeah uh, Stephen Merchant a is a tall <laughs> uh
0: Interesting, yeah, because I mean, especially since we just had a Caliban in, in X Men Apocalypse, which I'm
1: pretty sure it wasn't Stephen Merchant. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So it looks interesting that they're going with that one but uh like you were saying you know with this being a fox property and not having access to the rest of the old man logan characters you gotta throw in somebody in there you know fill in the spots
0: yeah yeah you know when i first saw that character that was dressed up head to toe or covered up head to toe i just assumed it was uh xavier because the obvious bald head
1: but uh good to know that it's not no, yeah, it looks like it's uh, Stephen Merchant. He looks super creepy, by the way. <laughs> check that picture. Uh, yeah, so that's all I got. I'm for the first time really excited for a Wolverine movie. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks like it's
0: going to be better than uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. And though I didn't, I didn't have any real problems with the Wolverine. It just wasn't
1: enough I
0: guess would be the good question or the good uh answer but yeah this one looks
1: great uh yeah I think it was just the lack of a of a proper villain the silver samurai was just kind of weak
0: yeah it, yeah the the silver samurai story was kind of weak um yeah and yeah we you know this is they're gonna end the what 17 18 if you include uh um filming a uh, time of Hugh Jackman as uh, Wolverine, so yeah, that's almost two decades being one character, and he's really dedicated himself to being that character. So it's pretty awesome, and I think he's going to be going out on a high note. Can't wait to see
1: the yeah. movie, and I can't wait till uh, he's uh, in his sixties and they're doing an X Men time travel movie, and <laughs> they, he makes a cameo, and everybody just loses their shit. You
0: know, there. I. I... I'm going to be, I, I know he said this is the last time he's going to play Wolverine, but I would be upset if he didn't show up in a Deadpool movie at least once, like, just for a cameo, especially since him and Ryan Reynolds seem to have a very, like, good, like, relationship with each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, I I, I can't see this being his last appearance ever, his his last movie, sure, but... Um. Uh... You know, he'll probably have a, a cameo somewhere where all he has to do is sit at a bar and chomp on a cigar and tell the person to fuck off or something. Right. Doesn't, that, he doesn't need not That would to, be more than enough.
0: Yeah, he doesn't need to do his uh, crazy, insane workout regimen for that kind of scene. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, but damn, I mean, if Hollywood was paying me to work out that much, I'd probably do it.
0: No, no kidding. I, I'm right there with you, but yeah uh it, it, you, you ever see his photos like you know when he's doing the push-ups with the giant chain around his neck and stuff it's just like
1: yeah all right <laughs> oh yeah yeah don't get me wrong there'd have to be some uppers in my coffee to make sure <laughs> yeah. i have the energy to do that
0: <laughs> okay i think uh we've talked a good amount about it let's uh go ahead and move on to westworld since uh that's what we're, we're talking about these days such a great show. Such an amazing uh look and feel and uh I'm loving
1: just about every bit of it so far. Yeah, sci-fi and westerns just go together like chocolate and peanut butter.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I would I would say that the most people would disagree with you when you come to Cowboys and Aliens, but I liked it.
1: <laughs> I thought it was a good movie. Uh,
0: I thought it was great. Yeah, it was it was a fun movie. Yeah, exactly. But uh apparently the box office didn't agree with us. So, <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, I like John Carter,
1: too, so I'm in the minority there, I'm sure.
0: Yes, but, uh, see, yeah, because I didn't like John Carter, but I did like The Lone Ranger, which I know I'm in the mo- minority of.
1: Well, I'll get back to you on that one. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, but, uh, I mean, Wild Wild West, despite being a terrible movie, it was fun, so. <laughs> Yeah, movies can be bad and fun at the same time.
0: You're right, and that's—I think—that's a big point that uh, a lot of people like to make. uh, Because there's there is a place in your heart for bad movies because they're just fun. I mean, one of my favorites is No Retreat, No Surrender. You can sit there and watch a white kid in Seattle get trained by get trained in karate by the ghost of Bruce Lee. (laughs)
1: well one of my go-tos for that as an example is the replacements with keanu reeves i love that movie (laughs) i'm like on paper this movie should be terrible but it's just so charming i can't stand but like it i mean this ragtag
0: you know group of football players come in and show us that it's not about the money it's about playing the game and every time it's on tbs there's tnt and i flip past it i'm like
1: oh i have to watch it now yeah, exactly. Like I cannot unwatch it once it's playing. It's like, nope, I've, I'm in there now, and at least I gotta make it to the uh, "I Will Survive" cover in the prison. <laughs> Such a great part. Uh,
0: yeah. uh All right, uh, Westworld. <laughs> yes. We have we're talking about Chestnut episode two and The Stray episode three. Uh, I, I don't think we necessarily have to stay in any real order. We can jump around because uh, that's usually what we do. But uh, what do you have to say about these
1: two episodes? Uh, well, I feel like the story's is actually like, kicking in uh, starting episode two, Chestnut. Um, whereas the first episode, is, is it feels like a prologue more than the first episode. You know, it kind of sets up the world a little bit. But here in Chestnut, you actually now get to see from the point of view of the newcomers as well, Um, starting with, like, a really good peek at uh, arriving to Westworld, uh, you know, uh, basically getting your profile set up, um, and choosing your wardrobe, which apparently is one of the most important parts of this whole thing. I was like, you got to look the part, man. (laughs) I wonder and,
0: yeah. I, I mean I I know that when um the old Abernathy uh saw the picture of the, of the modern, you know, modern cityscape and the, the girl in there he kind of broke, freaked out a little, but uh I wonder what would happen if you walked in there wearing regular clothes or like modern clothes.
1: Um I'm guessing that the they uh would have some sort of programming to be like whoa look at this weird out like city slicker you know kind of um script i guess yeah fair enough because you heard what's her name uh dolores when she saw the picture it's almost like she wasn't even acknowledging it like her brain just would not comprehend what she was seeing so she was saying oh it doesn't look like anything to me
0: Ah, yeah, that is interesting, because maybe can their programming just makes it so that they, it's it's just a null, like, in their vision or something.
1: Yeah, like, in the first episode, when you have the, uh, the black family that runs across Dolores, and the little boy's like, um, hey, you're not real, huh? And she just kind of smiles, and is like, oh, how quaint, or something, you know, like, that's an odd little boy thing to say. <laughs> um, you know, she just kind of dismisses it; doesn't think much of it. But we'll come back to that because there may be more to her than we realize so far. Right. And um,
0: well, I also think yeah. it's interesting because uh, obviously the programmers um have certain words that they say to have them slip in and out of being their programming, I guess. Um, especially like they say. But I think uh, Jeffrey Wright's character says uh, analy- analytics or an- analyze or something like that, and then
1: analysis, it, diagnostic, yeah, different things. Yeah,
0: so uh, you know if they see they hear those words, I wonder if it's they hear those words from a certain person or if they just hear those words. Like if what if a newcomer just walks in and you know acts, for some reason says he's talking to his buddy and he says you know. Uh, I ran I, before we left. I ran a diagnostic, and then would that have the per, the host kind of you know go into diagnostic mode? That's a good point.
1: I think it's. I don't think it's um. What do you call it? Uh, like voice recognition of like the specific people saying them. I think it's just the word combinations. So yeah, you're right. If somebody's having a conversation and one of the hosts happens to overhear it, and they they say you know by some weird coincidence a deep and dreamless slumber. <laughs> that host which is like shut down right and um i think that's why they chose that specific phrase because it's probably not one that's very common C- but yeah if it's a single word like analysis or um one of the other ones that uh, that character says yeah it probably would trigger something yeah i, um, I
0: think that's interesting th- I, th- I wonder if that's going to play up with uh, whatever uh Ed Harris the you know, the the man in black. Did they give him a name in this yet?
1: Uh Man in Black so far, no. But we'll come back to that because <laughs> that's what one of the biggest theories I've come across on Reddit is, and it's pretty mind blowing if it's true.
0: Yeah, I mean if he were to get, you know, some of these uh word combinations, uh, I think it would be interesting for his journey that we've seen so far. And I, I can only imagine what the theory is that that uh, you're you you you've, you've seen on Reddit. So I can't wait till we get to that part. Uh, I do like I do want to say this before we get going further is that I think that it's it's I just want to say that it's it's awesome because a lot of times I'm sitting there at the very beginning of the episode and something happens and I want to uh, I'm like well what about why, why does this happen and then somewhere in the episode it it basically gets answered because. At the beginning of episode two, there's, uh, is when um, I think Danny Newton and uh, Marsden, James Marsden, are talking to each other, or maybe it's it's Danny Newton and the other hooker, but I just t- turned to myself I was like, well, why the hell do they have conversations with each other, you know, if there's no uh, newcomer around? And later on, someone asked that question in the show, and they were like, well, they have to not only keep up appearances but they it's almost like practicing uh being human with each other.
1: Yeah, they'll have entire conversations with each other that are scripted but they'll they'll always be some variation to it. Right. Because um, that's part of their their programming is to also have a certain level of improvisation which they mentioned several times um because you know when they'll do when, when they do something that's way out of their programming, I was like, you know, this is more than just improvisation. This is something completely different now. <laughs> like when one of the characters goes crazy and starts just shooting up the bar, right? That I
0: mean, that was I mean, and he obviously had already been shot himself uh, as well. So him going yeah, and,
1: and he wasn't reacting or, or you know behaving as if he'd been shot. He was just ignoring his wounds
0: well i mean since and since we already brought that up, let's go ahead and talk about the uh uh the reveal that they they showed in the stray with that the audio from that particular scene when he's shooting people he's apparently having a conversation with a person named Arnold that's not there
1: Yes, uh, which brings up a whole lot more questions so um apparently he's not the only one. There was another character who was also talking to somebody that wasn't there named Arnold. And um what is the name of the character? The the engineer that talks to Dolores? uh
0: Jeffrey Wright is the actor's name. I don't know the his character's name off the top of my head.
1: Oh, um I have it here somewhere written. Oh, bad host, not prepared. Um Bernard, that's it we have. Okay, Bernard. Um yeah, so he goes on to then talk to Ford, who is played by um Sir Anthony Hopkins. And says, uh yeah, so they're saying, um like well he basically tells the his lesser engineer, hey, just stick to your job, don't go poking around and this kind of thing. Like, you know, you're you're doing more than you're supposed to. Now you're talking um, about Anthony Hopkins says that or Bernard says that? Oh Bernard says that to, to the lady, the one that to the lady, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um uh, I think her name is Elsie. Um so yeah, he says, Yeah, stick to your pay grade, like just and leave the, the real engineering to us, you know, big boys or something. <laughs> um but then he goes to Ford, who is Anthony Hopkins, and is like, Yeah, so um they they're talking to somebody who's not there named Arnold and that makes Anthony Hopkins kinda think back and I was like, Well, that's interesting because my old partner, his name was Arnold. And <laughs> he goes into this whole backstory about how like you know when they were both younger and they do this really crazy flashback where you see a young Anthony Hopkins and it's so bizarre cuz it looks just like him but he's he, he looks almost like Hannibal Lecter <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so apparently Arnold was like a super genius that came that was responsible for doing a lot of their more realistic programming mhm and they showed you some of the The early prototypes, I guess, of the machines that still were more robotic than organic. And how they were very stiff and, you know, like they showed him ballroom dancing almost, but it was very um, mechanical looking. And how it was his quest, like he was just absorbed in making them as realistic as possible. And apparently something happened to him where he died... (laughs) and it's kind of under mysterious circumstances. Right. Um, but that got me thinking. What if uh, Mr. Arnold became the ghost in the machine?
0: Wow. You know, that's that could definitely be... I mean, if it's really mysterious circumstances, he could have... And being the genius that he's supposedly being portrayed as, why, why not download your consciousness into the mainframe or whatever, however you want to put it, or however they will end up putting it, you know, uh, and now he's part of every host in some way.
1: Yeah. Or he's just part of some overarching, uh, uh, AI, I guess that's like hidden within all of these guys. That, well, basically that, yeah, what you said, <laughs> uh, w-
0: so is there no chatter of maybe the man in black
1: being arnold or being you know related to arnold in somehow uh no uh well i guess we'll dive right into it then um the the going theory right now is that our uh, uh the man in black is actually uh william uh from season two so basically the the newcomer that you follow through most of the second episode. Oh, you mean episode two? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. You said season two or it's not season two.
1: Yeah. Oh man. That'd be amazing. If season <laughs> two is available, uh, I'd be watching it right now. Okay. I'm so like, pause this. let's go watch
0: <laughs> the, the character, uh, William, who, uh, we saw enter into Westworld and you know, he base he, his, his buddy just wants to have sex and hurt people. Whereas he wants to go in Actually, do
1: some kind of adventure,, yeah, he wants to kind of explore, see what this place has to offer He's, he's kind of in awe, awe of the whole thing. Um, the going theory right now is that william is actually that, that first of all there's two timelines being shown simultaneously, but we don't know that um, yet but we don't know that yet, yes, um, and this could be completely false, but this is the the theory i've seen that makes the most uh is the most intriguing to me. Which is uh we're seeing both uh essentially the present and the past at the same time um and the the third episode gives me the most um, gives the most credence to that theory, and I'll tell you why in just a second okay um, but basically uh yeah, so we're seeing the man in black you know as he is in you know old and looking for clues to this weird maze and trying to get into this deeper level and saying that he's been doing this for 30 years now. Um, And um, you also have this narrative of uh, William, you know, learning the park or the park, uh, the theme, well, yeah, the theme park, I suppose, (laughs) for the first time. And there's a couple of clues that show that this could be two different timelines happening simultaneously. Uh the first one is in the second episode, when you first see William kinda of going up some escalators and you know, they get greeted by a host that says, Welcome to Westworld, you see a big logo for Westworld up against like a glass window that looks over the like the the environment. And it's a slightly different version of the Westworld logo than the the main one that you see throughout the rest of the show. Whereas um the main logo looks like a W with two lines on the outside of the W basically making it look like it's a W within a W. Right. Um you see a slightly different version where it's almost two W's side by side and one of them is white and the other one is gray. And it's kind of strange that it's a different looking logo and that's the only place you see it look that way. Right which somebody was saying this could be like a it, it looks slightly more retro, which is interesting because the whole premise of the show takes place in the future, but there's a slightly less future and a more, you know you right. know what I
0: mean. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. And <laughs> and I mean obviously this uh you know, show could lean that way because the only constants are the host and obviously the host wouldn't age because they're robots. Right. I think yeah, the and, only uh, wrench that might be in there is that is like characters like Bernard and and Anthony Hopkins and, uh, you know, the other people that work behind the scenes.
1: Well, those guys would be in the, the future timeline. The present the, time the timeline. The present, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, pretty much everything that you're seeing that involves – the man in black or any of the crew uh, is the present timeline um, you've yet to see William interact with anybody um, from the the present timeline every like his main interactions so far are with the the hookers um, Clementine and Mabe maybe is that her name the Dandy News character right Well, speaking of which I really like Clementine for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why she's endearing to me. I was like, oh, she's cute. Um, But anyway, yeah, so you mainly only see him interacting with Dolores and the hookers. And like you said, those could be anywhere in the timeline. Um, But here's the other part that makes it seem like there could be two uh, alternate timelines simultaneously being shown in the narrative. In the first episode, um, you have the one character that goes crazy and drinks the milk. You know right. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So he's uh, you see him twice in the episode. Well, three times technically. The first time is when he's at the at Dolores's homestead, and him and his partner kill Dolores' parents. Um, and then the then man the in black kills James Marsden when he goes. Yes, and James Marsden kills them both. Um, then the second time you see him is when he goes crazy in the bar, and uh, you know he shoots the patrons. And that ties into the third episode where he's, uh, you know, when they're looking more closely at that footage, he's talking to Arnold. Um, but in this, in the uh, the first episode, when he's just going crazy, you know, and he's drinking the milk and it's coming out of his bullet wounds and it's a really creepy scene. Um, him and Abernathy, Dolores' dad. Uh, both get decommissioned, you know they they get stripped down. it almost looks like they get lobotomized and sent to that meat locker in the basement so by all intents and purposes, both Abernathy and that crazy milk character are now gone, right, but you see him again in full character in episode three when hmm. um when Dolores comes back home um because uh, Teddy's been taken away uh, on a, you know, Teddy's finally been given a background and he goes off on a on a mission to go hunt uh, like a former Confederate soldier oh, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Dolores goes back home by herself and it's the same script as before where she hears the gunshots and goes to see what's going on and uh, the dude with the crazy sideburns and uh, crazy milk guy are there. And they start going through the process of, uh, you know, they're gonna rape her next, and they take her to the back shed, and you know, she picks up a gun that she finds in the haystack, conveniently placed, and kills the guy, and comes back out, and then all of a sudden, all of these different memories start flooding her, of the exact same situation, um, with the same script happening, and like in one of those memories, she she remembers getting shot in the stomach. And in another, she gets away, um, which really trips her out. Uh, But you can clearly see that one of the guys there is the milk-drinking guy.
0: Well, okay. To that, I would say that the milk-drinking guy is still an essential part of that particular storyline or script. So just like how they took the bartender and made him the new Abernathy... They could have taken another robot and made him the new bil- milk-drinking guy.
1: But it's the same guy. It's the it same. It wasn't a situation. Yeah, it, it was. That's why I was like, wait a minute. That's Milk Drinker. Huh. Which I'm going to have to find out what his name is. I can't remember. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, but... would, that would be a pretty big
0: uh, evident, evidence point. So then you would have the the whole idea of that the point when she uh placed the gun in the haystack or you know or finds the gun in the haystack and has all those memories might be the the original moment where she woke up you know uh, in a sense and since that point she's been playing along that's why at the end of season or episode one uh we see her kill the fly even though she says she's never killed another living creature
1: yeah, that's uh, that's one of those what do they call it reveries or little human-like improvisations that um she's not supposed to have that she just kind of comes up on her own and in this case it was to also take a life <laughs> um and also the, it, it's interesting because they make a point earlier in the episode to show that she can't fire a gun when Teddy's trying to teach her how to shoot
0: right so and you're you're thinking that's more of uh. Her programming is to not fire a gun, not so much that her programming was that she needs to play like she has a hard time firing the gun because she's a a weak girl.
1: Yeah, because they also make a point in um, The Stray to say that uh, there was like a little encampment of hosts that were stuck in the narrative loop. Right, which I thought was hilarious. one of their characters, yeah, one of their characters there um, was the woodchopper and they couldn't continue the story until they, they make a fire and they couldn't make a fire because their one character that has the programming that allows them to use an ax took off. Right. So they, uh, hemp's the, the Hemsworth guy, um, is like, Oh yeah. You know, but it's better to have the ones that can use weapons be limited. You know, you don't want everyone to be able to, to brandish a a gun or a knife or whatever. It's just, you know, better safety protocols that way. So uh, it implies that Dolores is one of those characters who's not meant to to wield a weapon. Uh, But yet she does at one point. And then she, you know, she goes back out. Well, she shoots the guy who's trying to either kill her or rape her and goes back out, shoots the other dude's, uh including the milk guy I think was there and has a flood of memories hit her all of a sudden, freaks out, runs away, and then runs into William. Which again, um if she killed the milk drinking guy and we know for a fact that in the present timeline milk drinking guy is already supposed to be decommissioned and not even in the in the narrative anymore. Uh that means that this would be this would have to be the past. Right. Of some sort. Um and this could be uh Dolores's, like first awakening, I guess you could say, and another thing that we haven't really touched on is the fact that uh Bernard is really interested in what's going on in Dolores' head, yeah,
0: you know, and I also think it's interesting that supposedly these meetings that he's having with Dolores are supposed to be in secret um be at the end of each uh session, he says, you know, uh, wipe this or don't tell anybody that this happened. And then at the beginning of the next session, he asks, uh, has anybody had, uh, you know, uh, a talk with you since the last time we talked, which to me seems, you know, very unreliable because if he can sit there and tell them, tell her to forget it, whoever else that he has a conversation with her could also tell her to forget.
1: Yeah. I mean it's and I would imagine if it's somebody who supersedes him in authority then which could be probably... either Anthony Hopkins or
0: the lady that he's sleeping with
1: yes his coworker and I mean I mean obviously he doesn't listen to the tried and true uh you know don't shit where you eat <laughs> <laughs> don't Which they... by the way I hate that saying I mean that Totally ruins the whole uh, uh, act, I guess you could say. You, know, you got to call it something a little more pleasant than that because that's <laughs> not the same thing unless you're into that specific. Uh, that's a whole nother topic. I'm getting it's a off
0: whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously he has uh, some type of agenda. I mean, he he's constantly questioning Anthony Hopkins' character, and Anthony Hopkins' character's kind of, you know, I mean, he's obviously being very standoffish and private and mysterious for whatever reason, and he he doesn't he wants to know more, and then he, I don't know if he's trying to figure out what's going on with uh, the other host by going through Dolores, or if he's just got an obsession with Dolores.
1: Yeah, they haven't really pointed out why he's so interested in her specifically, because. um... She doesn't seem to have to exhibit the same level of improvisation as some of the other characters do, even though she has, uh, you know, like in the narrative sense. Right. Um, you know, he he definitely was kind of fawning over Clementine's uh, little quirk that she picked up where she brushes her lip.
0: Right. The whole um, remembering uh, something from the past.
1: Right. Update. And... And yeah, and Dolores hasn't really shown that to them, I don't think, or they haven't caught it really, but he seems to be really interested in her specifically, and and I don't think that's really been said why yet. Um, But going back to Anthony Hopkins' character, it turns out he's doing something on the down low. That we're not really sure what that what that is yet, right?
0: And and as you said with uh, the the L- Elsie character and the Luke Hebbins- or Luca Hemsworth character, uh, we see with both all three characters that there's some type of underground elevator system that will allow them to pop up in different areas of Westworld. And it looks like Anthony Hopton's character is uh, really on the far outskirts of Westworld where he shows up and uh, he's surveying the land for whatever reason. Uh, at one point you see him talking to a, a young boy and I think you're supposed to at first have this impression that he's supposed to be a newcomer, but ev- eventually at the end of his conversation that he has with this boy, which I thought was interesting that the boy has a, as an English accent. So I almost want to say that Anthony Hopkins made a ro- robot version of his, his younger self. So that he could have little conversations with him. Basically staying in touch with his uh, inner child. Oh yeah. Or like a little... Like a surrogate son kind of. Or maybe even a surrogate son. Yeah. Yeah. But the way that he... The way that... The, some of the things in the conversation. He says something... The the boy says something about his father uh, bringing him on vacation or on holiday here. And he always works a lot. And then Anthony Hopkins' response about work... I mean, I guess that would also work as a surrogate son and like, or, uh, you know, like a replacement for his own son if his son died, like Bernard's son died. But it, it, to me, it was more like, it felt more like he was, he knew what the boy was feeling because that's what he went through as well. You know what I mean?
1: hmm Yeah, that could be it. Or he could just want, like, uh, maybe he just wants to experience that feeling of wonder that children have.
0: Maybe. I mean, with this whole park being his, you know, grand design, he would want to see what it seems like through the eyes of a child. But at the end of the conversation, yeah, he he then gives some key words that makes the kid walk away in a very robotic fashion instead of just a normal fashion.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it just kind of like slinks away. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that they were talking about an expansion that was going to be coming out soon. Um, dealing with, like, a tribe of Indians that were going to be causing some trouble. Uh-huh. And uh, the guy that plays the the main script writer, I guess, the, the English guy, uh, was super proud of, um, you know, the new story, promising excitement, danger, and all kinds of new characters, to which Ford was like, yeah, but that's not what people want, you <laughs> know? And he just looks so deflated afterwards. It's like, man.
0: It was funny because uh, the lady that's, I guess, in charge of security, like literally asked the head writer if, uh, you know, has Ford signed off on this yet? And he goes, he hasn't signed off on anything for the last, you know, so-and-so so, so years. And uh, Asking, telling him about it's just a formality. And then right then, right when he's announcing it, he comes out and says, no, I, I say no. So it's just like, what? <laughs>
1: Which is interesting. Going back a little bit to the first episode because I rewatched this, and um, which is really saying a lot because I realized I did miss quite a few details uh, from watching it the first time. Um, There's the conversation that um, the English guy. Man, I really got.
0: You know, I I have to say this. It's I've had what we've had. Six seasons of game of thrones i barely started knowing learning what people's mm-hmm. names are with that I, you know it's going to take me a while to realize uh you know what the names are of these characters in this show uh, for as as, this, as of this moment i just go by either generic names generic character descriptions or their actors names
1: all right well in this case british guy okay <laughs> yeah he's having a conversation with the um the main, the, the chief of security lady. hmm. And, um, you know, she's outside on like a balcony taking a smoke break and he goes out and says, Hey, I just want you to know that if you make a power play, I got your back, you know, I'll be on your side. And she says something really interesting, which is, you know what? You're smart enough to know that there's something else going on here, like something deeper, but you're not smart enough to know what that is. So that makes your support of me worth nothing. (laughs) You don't even know what's really happening. So I found that to be really intriguing, uh, especially when you combine it with new things that we learn, such as the fact that there was a previous partner named Arnold with uh, all of these uh, characters that are malfunctioning, seem to be talking to or seeing as like an invisible entity almost. And that got me wondering to what the true purpose of the park is other than just entertainment. And this is where we'll go into my personal fan theory about this whole thing. Um, Anthony Hopkins in the first episode is talking about like once you transcend death, then you've accomplished everything. Right. Um, But until then, you know, you still have room for improvement. Um, I got two potential theories about this. One, that the park is really there. To kind of help understand human psychology, um, because one of the things that you see happen is um, during one of these scripted routines, Teddy goes into the saloon and starts talking to Fandey uh, Newton's hooker character, and before he even finishes a sentence, he gets shot point blank by just some random drunk cowboy uh, newcomer. Right, and he was like, "Yeah," and just starts shooting him like on the floor, like. <laughs> Like for no reason. Just killing him. And um the other characters that we see, the the newcomer William and his friend, the one that's already been there a while. And what's interesting about these two is that they, they seem like they're analogues for the Westworld movie main characters. Right. Um basically it seems like you know, the the William, like we were saying, you know, just kinda wants to explore and you know, see what this place has to offer, whereas his other character is like, no, don't waste your time with that. That's going to take you on, like, a pointless, um, treasure you know, like, hunt. treasure hunt yeah. or something. You know, it's like, we got to go do the real stuff over here. And um, when this this character's uh, host comes by saying, hey, young man, you look like you'd like to, uh, you know, come on an adventure and... <laughs> William's friend says uh, I said no thank you and like stabs him in the hand <laughs> to make him go away and William's just like whoa man where'd that come from <laughs> see that got me thinking that this is the kind of place where they actually study your behavior you know like you're told you can do anything nothing is off limits to the host to the point where you can even rape them which is pretty messed up in and of itself, um but if you can do that, you know then the only thing stopping you from doing that is if you're just not that kind of person, but if you're the kind of person that deep down inside wants to do that, then this is the place where you can, and you will you know, I think they're kind of studying human behavior for some strange reason that hasn't been fully revealed yet, but um like i don't know maybe they're doing some kind of weeding out process it's like okay this is the kind of person we don't want for like our future arc of humanity or something (laughs) like I, i think they're definitely setting up something something big like that either uh of transferring human conscience into these robot bodies that can be repaired uh indefinitely or there's going to be some kind of weeding out process and they're not going to want the type of people that'll just be assholes when given the opportunity to be.
0: Interesting. That's
1: my personal theory anyway.
0: Okay. Uh, I mean, th- th- at this point, I think just anything is possible. The whole thing could be run <laughs> by aliens for all... It could be like Dark City for all I know at this point.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's actually kind of where I was going without remembering that title of that movie. But yeah, you're <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like you have some overlords that are just kind of playing this out. Um, And and there's also some really interesting shades of the matrix in here. Yes,
0: I definitely think so.
1: Yeah. There's like, uh, yeah, let's put these humans in here. And if you think about it, it actually would follow a very popular uh, commercialistic, commercial capitalistic model of making you pay for your, for your own psychoanalysis. <laughs> yeah. <basically. laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. Cause most of these people
0: think that they're going on a vacation and, uh, in actuality, they'd be paying for someone to study them, you know, kind of thing, which yeah. would be kind of the
1: best business model.
0: A, a cool little, uh, kick there at the end. I think, uh, something that I want to get back to, um, was the, cause we were about to talk about it, but I think we, we, stri- we tangent off, but, uh, with Anthony Hopkins' character, or Ford's character, or the character of Ford and his plan on the download, because at the very end of The Stray is when he shows Bernard this new land or something like that. But I don't know. I, I really didn't get what the hell was going on at that point, uh, because you see, like, it looks like a steeple or or something, and he says, this is what the, the new thing is going to be, and they kind of just cut there. Yeah, Um
1: that left me basically just wondering what the hell that they're, they're going to with this one. Um, uh, but it got me thinking, what if he's going to try to introduce, uh, some sort of religious fervor to the, to the narrative. And, um, this is just my own personal theory there as well, that, um, I mean, it's obvious that in in a weird way he sees himself as like the god of this place, even if he doesn't use that terminology. Um, but I think he's gonna try to, if not have a direct role himself as like some kind of preacher, um, kind of deify himself because I think that's where we're headed with him.
0: Oh, well, okay, then that that kind of brings me into the next thing with the the um the backstory that they gave the Teddy character, uh, this whole hatred that he has of this former Confederate officer that now is terrorizing the, the frontier uh, w- by you know having a, a band of followers that he has that they all wear bones of the people that they've killed and uh, basically very cult-like. And we see teddy gets surrounded by them and then he starts to shoot them but it doesn't it doesn't work just like as if they were uh newcomers instead of hosts
1: yeah that um i wasn't clear if those were the same indians from the the uh the expansion that was supposed to be going on that uh, the english guy was all proud about right um they didn't look the same they were wearing masks yeah they were wearing masks and cloaks and stuff yeah and they yeah they didn't react to getting shot and um so that that leaves a couple of interesting questions i mean based on the logic of the show that would mean that these are newcomers that are pretending to be indian i guess <laughs> and they're 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 basically put like throwing in their own narrative now or like maybe they're just a group of people that went nuts and you know think they're in a real place now. So I was kind of wondering if they would ever introduce that thing. Like you'd have a a host that goes rogue and not a host, a, a newcomer that goes rogue and kind of like the Man in Black is currently doing, you know, trying to, to bring their own narrative to this place, except that this is a group of people.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's what, that's, I think that's what I was uh, kind of going for because the way that they introduced the idea of giving Teddy this new backstory uh it you you have the idea that the, that it's going to be another host that he's going to interact with but maybe that's part of the new storyline is that instead of just going in as a uh as a newcomer and you're new to this world you can actually become a known character in this world as a newcomer you know what i mean mm-hmm. um which you know Kinda also brings up the whole uh, man in black storyline with when he, at the beginning of episode two, when he is, uh, you know, uh, he has Clifton Collins Jr.'s character, uh, the guy that was being being hung. And uh, the other guy, he says the other guy pointed him in your in his direction, said, you can help me find the, the maze or whatever like that. uh the The system analyst people are like, oh, there's something going on over here. What, uh, what should we do with him? And they're like, oh, him? He gets to do whatever he wants to do, you know, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were mentioning that, um, it's like, hey, this guy already wiped out an entire village of, uh, of Desperados or something. And it was like, leave him. He can do whatever he wants. Um, which is interesting. Um, but. Uh another interesting thing is that yeah when he takes Clifton Collins Jr's character uh to like his home village or something right cuz i guess he plays like a mexican character mhm um yeah takes him to his little village kills all of the his cousins i guess um and you know kills his wife is threatening his daughter um the daughter then goes off script kind of robotically and says, uh, you know, the maze is not meant for you. And even Clifton Collins' character is like, uh, what? <laughs>
0: Doesn't understand what exactly is going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I was, I found that to be kind of weird because I wasn't sure if if that was the uh, because they were observing this, obviously, you know, because they were saying, oh yeah, he could do whatever he wants. Um, but then they don't show from the behind the scenes, uh, you know, look anymore. So I, at first I thought, oh well, maybe that's just them sending like a pre-programmed message to him, you know, telling him, hey, like you're you're going out of bounds of what you can do here. Right. Or if that was something much deeper than that, well, like see, they that, didn't even have anything to do with it. I, I think now
0: that you brought up in earlier in the podcast of this whole uh, Arnold character being a ghost in the machine, I think that's what it, it could be. Oh. Uh, like he's putting his consciousness in the forefront of that little girl to be like okay here here's the piece of the clue that you need because I don't want you to keep doing this so maybe the maze the center of the maze is where Arnold is located or the center of the maze is the way to um, download your consciousness I mean Ed Harris is you know, obviously an older character and he maybe he wants to live on forever in some way
1: yeah maybe Maybe he's like, this is the way I want to live out the rest of existence, till the the sun burns out. Yeah. So actually, that's another thing we haven't even considered. Like, we haven't even thought of the possibility that all of this could be happening in outer space somewhere. <laughs> like, it's like an Elysium uh, version of
0: the Old West. Well, you're right. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. However, um, you know, we have. If you talk about westworld in the the fact of the of the movie um you know that it is a part of the delos vacation company and that there's other worlds that you can travel to and in this as a tv show they have yet to uh imply even or say that you know there are other worlds that people can vacation on but there was in that scene where the i think the people the People behind the scenes are talking about the the man in black. There, in the background on the wall, you can see a Delos logo. There, so oh really? Yeah. Ah, oh, I missed that one. It's uh, it, it I mean, it might imply that there are other worlds that can be traveled to, or you
1: know, something you know, else that, that would play. make sense because it is called West World. Whereas in the movie, it was just more like Westland. you're yeah exactly what if this is uh yeah what now i kind of dig that little improvised theory quite a bit more now like this (laughs) is an actual location you have to travel to in space like uh yeah like maybe it's like elysium because if you think about it if this is really that far in the future what are the chances that we still have huge swaths of land like this um that are uh on a, on, a, on an on a, on a, a occupied? Yeah, and it also makes more sense too that it looks like they have a really extensive network of underground elevators and tunnels and stuff. Well, um,
0: I have to say this: to me, the way that I've always pictured it in my head is that they're in a an extremely large um, imaging chamber, or what's the the name that they use in Star Trek? Like, those... like a holodeck. holodeck, yes. That's that's what it was to me. Like, that's how I saw it in my head. However, the way that you're describing it as being another world that they travel to
1: makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it would probably be easier to just build Westworld from the ground up rather than to have to do all... No, then again, okay. now I'm going to shoot my own theory down because <laughs> in the preview for the next episode, you see one of those giant, like earth moving machines and um kind of like the one that ghost rider uses in ghost rider 2 it's got like that giant saw that just carves up the land
0: yeah but the there's no reason why you couldn't have that on another planet
1: yeah but it just kind of deflated my own theory a little bit I was like oh well maybe
0: <laughs> well i mean maybe that's not the case. It, it could also all just be underground even like the top cuz we know that the where the people work is underground don't I mean, because they have to take elevators up to Westworld, but then they're out on balconies, smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Hmm. Man, there's just so many layers to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also thought it would, to not not to just drop this whole subject, but to to move on to something else. It was interesting when William's character, you know, is on the train going to Westworld, and he he then has this whole, well, how do how do we get there kind of thing. Because he doesn't suspect that the train that they're on is the
1: actual train that takes them to Westworld. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. That was like a magic trick. Yeah. It was like, you go through this door, and all of a sudden, you're in a moving train. <laughs> and, it's, and it's going pretty fast, too. I think maybe that might,
0: you know, had a little bit of influence on my whole holodeck theory. I mean, it would have to be a huge holodeck, obviously, but...
1: Yeah, that's interesting. All right, well, now I have to keep watching this show. Let's see where it goes from here. Could we also be dealing with, you know, a total recall kind of thing? Mm, No, that I don't think so. I I was considering, well, what if this is all just memory upload? But no, I think there's definitely uh, a realistic element to it. Because otherwise, like uh, in the third episode, we saw that William got shot. And he actually got physically impacted by a bullet, although it didn't penetrate the skin. Um,
0: yes, which also brings up the what we were talking about last or two weeks ago with the whole, I think that they have some type of protective force field that allows them not to get hurt.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Although, um, there was an interesting little detail that uh, when the man in black is in the that Mexican village killing some of those different characters. I noticed he did something really weird with his gun where it's almost like he, I don't know if you could call it double cocking or something, but
0: well, it's obvious. Like obviously that gun is, is very strange because it loads nine bullets in a revolver first. And then he pulls out another different bullet, which is where the second cock comes in. So it, somehow fires two types of bullets as a revolver interesting yeah, yeah
1: and you could tell that that's not the your common type of gun um that's being used there but what does it mean <laughs> uh
0: that's very it's very interesting um so just, and just for a little bit of a a fun question so as we established this is supposed to be a uh theme park right yeah. so when you go on splash mountain and you know you come down the one really deep steep fall they take a picture of you do you think at the end of your vacation in um westworld they'll they they can provide you with a uh a videotape if you pay for it or not a videotape a video
1: file of everything you uh, did <laughs> yeah they gave you a quick time of uh your stay there, right? I would imagine so. I mean, it's obvious they do have like cameras everywhere, whether they're hidden or maybe those flies are actually little drones that record everything.
0: Well, like obviously, when they're they're standing at the big uh, display uh, table, which allows them to zoom in on any one particular area or whatever. You know, they can pull up anything, like any angle, any way that they want. So, I think once again leads you lends to the whole. Credence of a of a holodeck or maybe it's satellites, but you they can obviously get in at any angle and see anything that they wanna see,
1: yeah, I would say maybe for like a premium like if if you get the deluxe package, you also get like an edited movie of your shenanigans
0: which you know for some people it might be uh you know damning evidence, and some for other people just be really <laughs> good uh memories
1: to have. As like what happens in Westworld stays in Westworld. <laughs> well yeah, you know the families would probably want a nice, you know, reminder of the time that they were uh panning for gold on the river or something, but if you're just gonna be going out killing and raping, I mean, unless you're that kind of sick kind of dude, then you might not want to take that with you. Just kinda hold well, on to the memory. It's also interesting that
0: uh William and his friend you know, his friend basically says, You're getting married to my Sister in a couple weeks And you know this I brought you here So you could have a good time So he's in, in Telling him to go Have sex with uh, The hookers and stuff Which I mean I have no idea if Best about, brother-in-law uh, ever Yeah well I mean I have no idea How this future world feels About people having sex With robots And, and stuff like, I mean is it considered cheating Or what But uh, he is Obviously
1: oh, yeah Some people would see it that way <laughs> Uh, that's, that's just no doubt that's just the the human nature of it right yeah uh, yeah i mean there's some people who, well you know that, 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 yeah, that's a whole other podcast that's a whole other podcast <laughs> but, but yes yes some people undoubtedly would see it as a bad thing no matter what but yet he being his future brother-in-law he's encouraging him to do it although that does remind me of one of the best episodes of futurama with uh lucy Lou. The robosexuals. Oh.
0: <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we have only just barely scratched the surface of these episodes. I am gonna definitely go back and rewatch the first three episodes because uh, from, just from your theory that you picked up from Reddit, and then the theory that we've kind of come up with right now, I would love to see some of this, some of these things, uh, these clues and these uh, evidence. You know.
1: Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot going on here, and um, one of the things I remember reading about, similar to this, um, was that James Marsden, uh, Cyclops, to all you X Men fans, (laughs) Um, which, by the way, such a wasted character in those movies. But that's another podcast. That's. yeah, he made a mention in an interview that they have a they have the full five or six seasons planned out already. So there is an overarching plot. It's not like they're making it up on the spot like they did with Lost. Um, so they are working towards something. Um, what exactly that is, we don't know yet. But, I mean, they are definitely laying the seeds here for all kinds of information that will pay off at a later time. And, uh, like, I mean, even, like, what we're just saying now, like, we're piecing together some really interesting theories. Um, I'm now going to have to go back and see if we can find clues about where exactly Westworld takes place, geographically speaking. Um, because now I seriously think it actually takes place in outer space. I think it's a satellite or some kind of Elysium-style ring world. And you're right. There could be if, – if Delos is, in fact, a company – uh, in this thing, and we know that Delos had different themes as well. It stands to logic that there's other worlds. There's a future world out there. There's a medieval world. Uh, what was the other one? Roman uh, world. Rome. Uh, Rome world. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I
0: I I can't wait to find out. And I I imagine if that's a thing, that might be like an
1: end of the season kind of reveal too. Yeah, I was like. This is just the beginning. Bernard you know, cock, cocks shotgun, looks up at the sky, and you see the other ones there. Um,
0: anything else in particular that you want to bring up about these episodes as we wrap up?
1: Uh, yeah. Another thing that was kind of interesting in the third episode in the Stray, you have uh, you have Leslie and uh, Luke Hemsworth going after the that one that kind of ran off to the hills and um uh, they noticed that um he has a pre-programmed hobby to do wood carvings right but he started stargazing and carving constellations i don't know if they were different constellations but the one that they focus on was orion
0: i thought all of them were orion because to me it looked like all all the depictions were orion they all had the same pattern but um, she she does say something about ursa major which would be uh, the Big Dipper, right? I believe so. Yeah,
1: so. The Big Bear. Um, yeah, I didn't catch that, so I'm gonna have to probably rewatch it as well. But yeah, so that one went completely crazy. Uh, got himself caught in a little gorge or ravine. I don't know what you call that crevice uh, in a hole between rocks, basically. Yeah. and uh, 127 he hours to... himself. Yeah, he manages to wake himself up even though they put him in sleep mode. And uh the same way that <laughs> Thandie Newton's character woke herself up. Oh, which we didn't cover, by the way. Yeah, that's another thing too, is that they they're they're starting to subconsciously rebel against their programming, I guess. Like uh the show was seen prior to Thandie Newton's wake up, uh she's having a conversation with uh Dolores, and Dolores is telling her about like when she has nightmares to count backwards from three or something like that. And that, that kind of helps her deal with it. So Thandie Newton is having a, a nightmare of a previous life where she was attacked by Indians, I guess. Right. Um, which is interesting because that nightmare ends with uh, the men in black coming in. And saving her. Um, was he saving her? I thought he was going to kill her because I thought he was brandishing his Bowie knife, similar to the way that Dolores has a flashback in the third episode as well.
0: He, well, see, I think that's uh, this. We know that the Man in Black has been to Westworld for a very long time, just by his own words, and uh-huh. uh, to me, I don't think that he would have been. He would have done bad things the whole time, I guess. I mean, without without lack of a better word. Uh, I think that he would have tried to be the the good guy at first. And then, you know, after doing that for so long, he decided, well, let's try the other side. So I think that, you know, he came over and he saves her. But maybe that's
1: just me, you know, the way I interpret things. Well, you're the optimist in the group here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah, we didn't cover that, but Sandy Newton was basically dreaming. Um, and she wakes herself up because she's having a nightmare and she's in the middle of surgery. Like they're they're repairing her. They were saying something about how she had MRSA and they're they're complaining about how like, oh man, these, these guys need to learn better hygiene <laughs> to that effect. <laughs> and um so she wakes up, she's got a big gash in her stomach. And she brandishes the like a scapel to basically get away.
0: Right. And
1: first of all, I thought, well, why don't you guys just say the the shutdown code again, and make her go to sleep? They just kind of freak out, like, whoa, what's going on? She's not supposed to be awake. And she basically runs out of there. Um, uh, goes into a different room and realizes, like, oh, there's a bunch of bodies here. Hey, wait a minute, there's Teddy. I just saw him get shot earlier today and basically has like a little freak out and then they ca- they finally catch up to her, put her to sleep and next thing you know she's just back in business like nothing ever happened. But uh yeah, so like these guys are rebelling against their the programming that's supposed to subdue them, like this guy did the uh the woodcarver. Right. And um he looks like he's about to kill, uh was it Leslie? Elsie? I already forgot her name. I think you said Leslie, yeah. Yeah, but the girl, he looks like he's about to kill her with a big rock, and instead he bludgeons himself with it. Right. And it was pretty brutal, because he already had a big gash in his neck from where they were going to cut his head off and take it back to study. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he just basically demolishes his own brains in front
0: of her. And to me, I think why that was super interesting was because, as we know from the Man in Black, when he scalps people, that's where the maze is right there at the top of the head, mm-hmm. underneath the skin. So, I you know I kind of have this feeling that there's information right there uh, that that particular um, host has, and he bludgeons himself to make it so that they can't get a hold of it because they were going to cut open his head eventually
1: hmm interesting see I took it more as uh, he was just uh, like whatever it was that he experienced it was too much for him and he just decided like to end his own life basically right like that's that was my takeaway from that it was like uh, like I've seen too much I, I've i seen you know behind the curtain and uh, I don't want this life anymore just destroyed himself
0: that, and that could definitely be it too uh, I also thought it was interesting with the Fanny Newton uh, scene that you were describing earlier if they do all this to every host that gets shot throughout the day there's not enough hours in the night to like to what they're doing to Teddy and stuff to uh, get everything everything back up and running by the time the next day starts I mean
1: honestly yeah it kind of makes you wonder what the timeline is um, cause it almost seems like every day starts out the same.
0: Yeah. Um, especially since the, that's how basically every episode starts is with, uh, Dolores's character waking up when the sun comes up.
1: Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering what the turnaround is. I'm guessing that they do some, some, uh, clever, uh, time jumping or editing. Um, and it's also interesting but, to me is that, uh,
0: that they do all this repairs at night. And as we saw in the movie, we, I don't think we've actually seen it here in the show yet. Uh, that's when the staff comes out and picks up the dead bodies is at night. So, I mean, does that mean no real storylines happen at night? I mean, we already saw that what happens at Dolores's farm happens at night, but like, I guess between the hours of midnight and four, you know, no storylines are happening. (laughs) Um, yeah, the the
1: way I thought that was supposed to be happening or working um, was that they'll, they'll, like, cordon off certain sections because they had, like, floodlights and, um, you know, like, a bunch of crew. Even though some of them were still dressed up in character, it, it kind of takes away some of the realism because I think they have, like, little uh, golf carts, you know, for transporting equipment and stuff there. Right, yeah, yeah. So I was like, why bother dressing up if you're just going to have the technology here that ruins the immersion? Um But yeah, you would think the Old West, uh, you know, stuff is happening 24-7. You know, the main town might go to sleep, but the saloon would probably still be open. Yeah, you would, you would think. think there'd still be people drinking until the,
0: the break of dawn or playing poker or something like that. And if you're talking about the breaking of the immersion if you're a guy that, you know, uh that earlier that day or the day before, you know, gets into a gunfight with Teddy and shoots him and then the very next day Teddy shows up again, that's
1: kind of breaking the whole
0: immersion there as as well.
1: Yeah. And you would think like if there's supposed to be an overarching storyline that uh, being killed suddenly would kind of reset it. So some storylines probably don't get very far because if a certain character is always dying, then you always have to start back at square one. Yeah, Like Teddy in this case. Yeah. Well, just yeah. seems to be made for dying. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> now, did you notice? I think this was in the first episode. Um, the first time you see uh, Teddy die was when the man in black kills him. Right. And he shoots him like right in the heart, I think. And Teddy kind of looks down at it, and I was like, oh, man, I've been shot, and, you know, falls down and dies. Uh, The next scene where he wakes up on the train, it almost looks like he's kind of reaching up and kind of touches himself in the spot where he was shot.
0: Uh, I did, I think I did pick up on that, but kind of just, I don't know, threw it off. I don't know why, but, yeah, I, I do remember that, and that is interesting.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, something that we're we're gonna be seeing a lot more. Is that people keep remembering their deaths, and that's what's gonna cause some of them to lose it, because they they'll realize that this is all their life is, and how much that sucks. I guess. Well, I mean, they do have that conversation, Bernard
0: and the other programmers, about how uh, if they have memories, they're only supposed to uh, play them off as dreams or nightmares. Actually.
1: Yeah. So eventually i think some of them will be pissed <laughs> so
0: one one thing i want to last thing i want to bring up was the cuz we talked about it in the last podcast was uh what happens if a newcomer tries to attack another newcomer and i think this is very poignant with the uh, the whole fact that uh william's future brother-in-law stabs that uh host in the hand and you know makes him bleed out what is supposedly stopping that guy from stabbing a newcomer, or yeah, a newcomer. How does he? How do you know that that person is a, a person and not a robot?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, maybe that force field thing is more accurate than we realize, and <laughs> that um, the the knife would bend or something like Matrix style, mm, interesting. and um, not a, Although that seems kind of silly. Uh, I mean, there's, there's still a lot to learn. Is basically other what we're than. Getting.
0: Okay, so in the first episode, when we see, we know the man in black is there, we also see the guy who ends up shooting Rodrigo Santoro's character uh, when he's supposed to have his big speech, right?
1: Uh-huh, yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Can you think of any other time when there's more than one newcomer playing this, in the this storyline? Like,
1: that doesn't include the man in black? Um. Well, let's see... Well, it looks like uh, there's that one girl that's kind of playing bounty hunter that's following Teddy around, right? In the third episode, yeah. She looks like she's trying to do like the, well, basically yeah, like a bounty hunter role, yeah. Um, and then she kind of freaks out, and when the Indians attack, um, who else is too in storylines? Because this uh... goes
0: this goes to your whole or Reddit's whole. St- idea of the whole timelines be two different timelines thing i think a little bit maybe there are never any real uh secondary hosts or newcomers there at the same time like you know you only have you know your only your group can be there when it needs to be there you know you
1: know what i'm saying maybe <laughs> yeah what if uh what if the newcomers are just the more advanced versions of the uh of the hosts that will someday replace them and and, and nobody knows that they're not real. So it's kind of everything.
0: It's a kind of turning, turning test for somebody. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, actually that's a good thing that you brought that up. Um, so there was a Reddit, uh, uh, AMA, uh, which is basically called an ask me anything. Right. No, not not ask me anything. I take that back. No, it wasn't an AMA. Um, it was a shower thought. Oh, um, That's a really interesting subreddit uh, where people just kind of post things that they think about while they're in the shower, and they're usually the same kind of thing that you would find on the Philosoraptor memes. Right, it's of an existential state, usually. Yes, yes. Uh, So somebody posted a shower thought uh, saying, you know, I'm not afraid of a robot that can pass the Turing test. I'm afraid of a robot or an AI that purposely fails it that's pretty and good. and jonathan nolan actually responded to it and all he said was boy have we got a show for you <laughs> uh all right so, so that was pretty awesome there um the, you reminded me of that so thank you <laughs> <laughs> awesome i i like
0: that that's a and i think that's a good place to end the epi- episode on um if listeners do you have any theories do you have any other Uh, pieces of evidence that you would like to uh, shout out at us or tell us about or what have you seen how are you enjoying the show or even if you want to talk about the logan trailer you know what did you pick up that we didn't uh we'd love to hear from you so uh if you want to get a hold of me on twitter i'm at agent underscore of the underscore
1: bat uh john you're also on twitter as I am at Magic Bollocks and I promise to start posting more soon. My schedule will be changing so I won't be uh living like a vampire as much. <laughs> uh
0: if you want to talk just to all of Geek Elite Radio, it's at I'm sorry, at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. We also have a bigger community on Facebook. You know, look us up as Geek Elite Radio there. Talk to us about uh this show or any other fandom that you would love to talk about and be a part of the community. But then go over to our website, geeklyradio.com, and check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekleat Radio Network. Uh, but until next week, and I promise you we will be back next week, this has been the Geeks Watch on the Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.